I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh House. 15 weeks of football are in the books, and for the first time in 23 years, the Miami Dolphins are 10 and 4. Welcome into another Dolphins podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to jump right into it because I have to look over the moment I mentioned that. I see the biggest smile coming from Joshua Houts. Josh, the queasiness is gone, at least for now. Happy Victory Monday, my friend. Happy Victory Monday, man. It feels Good to be back here and being able to talk about another victory Monday for the Miami Dolphins. Um, I will be the first one to admit I was a little queasy heading into that game. Thought, um, you know, this was going to be the same old Dolphins. But to our surprise, it was not. And they took care of business 30 to nothing. Like you said, man, first time 10 and 4 in 20 plus years. Feels great. Great to be able to come on here and talk Dolphins football. Aside from this, though, Jake, how was the rest of your weekend? I mean, when this happened, I mean, your entire week's pretty much set, though, right? Oh, yeah, dude, I was... Super queasy leading up to it, especially Sunday. I wouldn't say that I was sitting here panicking on the preview pod or anything like that. But once we got to Sunday and, you know, it's announced Tyree Kill's not playing. Javon Holland's not playing. Deshaun Elliott's not playing. You start to think that, all right. Xavier Howard. Xavier Howard. Xavier Howard's not playing. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden you think about what Zach Wilson can do. And if he is going to score in any way to give the Jets a quick bolt, he's just going to huck it downfield. The Dolphins defender is going to trip. Garrett Wilson's just going to run for 60 yards, but that was kind of the best part of the game, man, because it was the Dolphins that did that. It was the Jets who went full-blown Dolphins here. They were making fun of the Dolphins. They made fun of the Waddle, and all of a sudden, man, you have Jalen Waddle be wide receiver one with Neen B. I think you tweeted this. I think I tweeted this. I think every Dolphins fan on the East Coast tweeted this. God, you've got to be so proud of an effort to see them outgain the Jets 290 to 103 and win 30 to nothing in during a week when everybody was saying that you guys are frauds, that the season's over, same old Dolphins. That this team deserves so much credit. They do. And I mean, if you want to nitpick, I mean, I see people nitpick into his stat line and you know how he's a check down merchant or whatever. That's what you need to do in this game to, you know, don't turn the ball over. Let your defense go out there and make plays. And let's be honest, you mentioned Jalen Waddle from that very first drive. You could kind of tell they were going to target him and target him a lot. I think he finished the game with what, eight catches, 142 yards, a touchdown. Like you mentioned, looked like the wide receiver one. But in a week when 
it was just one injury after another. You had Xavier Howard then pop up. We know the interchangeable pieces on the offensive line. I admittedly thought against a very good, you know, one of the best defenses in all of football. Um, it was going to be more of a challenge, but the Dolphins, man, they went out there. The defense came right out. I think it was what? Uh, Chubb, right? Didn't Chubb knock the ball out? It was that yeah. Chubb force fumble. Sealer picked it up, and then um, they wanted to get most of that, uh, the Dolphins record so bad, man. They ran the ball three times at the goal line, and from that moment on, it was game over. So complete team effort. Everyone stepped up when they needed to, and God dang, dude, that defense. I mean, for as much as we love that offense, you know, the first half of the season, this defense looks scary, scary, scary right now. And that was, again, without Xavier Howard, Javon Holland, some of those other key pieces. Let's do it, man. That's a great place to start. Let's talk about the defense and that secondary. You know, you had Brandon Jones in there. Two interceptions, two interceptions for Brandon Jones, the guy who just kind of is a missile and fires himself in any which direction. The coolest part about this entire game, man, is you think about that secondary. And right, if the Jets are going to do anything, it's going to be Garrett Wilson. It's going to be Zach Wilson finding a way to get him the ball down the field. After 14 weeks of sleepy Vic Vangio, being unable to call a defense, we have Jalen Ramsey traveling around the entire field, excuse me, with Wilson for three quarters. Across 53 snaps against the Jets this year, Joshua, Jalen Ramsey has allowed three receptions for 25 yards. That right there, man, that is how when you're playing, everyone's playing checkers, that's how you throw a chess piece on the board and say, you can't beat it. There's nothing you can do. Figure something else out. Yeah, and I hope this is, you know, Vic kind of realizing just what type of weapon Jalen Ramsey is. Not that he didn't before, but it did sound like Ramsey said a lot of this happened and him shadowing Wilson had a lot to do with Xavier Howard being out of the game. But there you go back a few weeks, you know, even last week, DeAndre Hopkins had a pretty solid game. I mean, that would have been the time maybe to have Ramsey completely shadowing him and completely erasing those guys like he did against Garrett Wilson. I was a fool who drafted Garrett Wilson in so many fantasy leagues last year, had him in a couple um, this year, was in one playoff game. And for some reason, you know, okay, this is who got me here. I'm going to start Garrett Wilson. And dude, he just got completely erased. Um, I think I posted a picture of that eraser yesterday and I can't remember what it was called pink Pearl or something. It was so dirty, but yeah, man, he completely, he completely, um, you know, completely shut him down. And it wasn't just him. It was everyone else. We saw Cater Kogu get involved. I got a little bit giddy seeing Eli Apple making up a breaking up passes on third down. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. we saw Elijah Campbell come over um, and break up a play um, at some point in the game. So it was just, again, a complete team effort. And um, Brandon Jones, again, hat tip to him, man. Two interceptions. Um, you know, there, some of those were just, uh, you know, arm punts, but th those count. Two interceptions, those count. Do you think that uh, Ramsey is shadowing? Um, Wilson, if Howard's out there, I, I mean, I don't know that they would have, at least the way, uh, Ramsey sounded at the end of the, the game when he talked about it, it made it sound like it was more of an Xavier Howard thing, but you know, you're starting to play these really good teams moving forward A CD lamb, right. Um, digs at the end of the season. I'm forgetting that one game in between there, the Ravens. So Zay Flowers, whoever it might be, you're going to want maybe Jalen Ramsey to shadow some of these guys. So um, maybe now's the time to start implementing that. Let Xavier Howard then cover up whoever's on the other side, Cater Kohu in the slot. And um, then you just got to sit there and buy enough time for those guys up front to get to the quarterback. Because, um, you know, shame on us, right? We all admittedly had wanted to see more out of uh, Bradley Chubb at some point throughout his tenure in Miami. Good guy, man. He is an absolute stud and he is out there looking like an absolute beast. Before we get to Bradley Chubb, though, I just kind of want to talk about the, the cornerbacks for a second because one of the big things we heard frustrations about was the inability to shadow or the unwillingness, we should say, to shadow opposing wide receivers. Uh, we've, we've 
had some very strange, I wouldn't even go as far as to say strange, but I mean, week four, you see what happened against the Buffalo Bills and Stephon Diggs, and you have Xavier and Howard coming out, and I think the quote was, um, "You, everybody on the staff knows what I can do, kind of, when he was asked, why didn't you shadow uh, Stephon Diggs? A few weeks later, Xavier Howard's raving about this defense, about how he isn't just stuck on an island for 80% of the game. And he's kind of like into this position where, hey, I, I would have thought I could have get digs, but all of a sudden I'm feeling pretty good. We're doing well in this defense. So I'm, I'm curious to see moving forward if it was Xavier Howard focused and whether it was or wasn't, man, Vic Vangio knew how to scheme his guys into the perfect position. You think it's by accident this is the first time all year that they pulled the uh, you know shadowing lever? That's the one thing I was a little worried about when they went through those, that rough stats stretch in the middle of the year, especially on offense, that they just kind of pulled out too many of their uh, uh, you know tricks early in the year to put up 70 on Denver, different things like that. But just kind of seeing the defensive coaching staff and, and offensive too when you consider what Jalen Wilde did, really adjust and not having so many guys in the lineup and putting the guys you do have in game-breaking positions where you can still get Bradley Chubb two forced fumbles to have Jalen Ramsey locked down an opposing wide receiver. Whether they do continue the shadowing or not, I think I'm totally cool just trusting whatever Vic Fangio wants to do because this dude with his 30 years of experience in the NFL, I think he kind of knows what he's doing here. Yeah, it seems that way. He's not throwing away all his notes that before he gets to Miami, right? Like uh, Chan Gailey did, but um dude again i just i think it was nice just seeing the entire secondary just step up again with all the different pieces missing and you mentioned bradley chubb i mean dude again i had written down that he was almost like it was like an oprah winfrey episode right where everyone was just getting a sack at times it seemed like chubb had a couple halves it seemed like um i believe wilkins was in the backfield at one point sealer um it was just everyone just teeing off on him but to go back to just how well that secondary played jake and to your point i mean it I like to see the way he used some of these other guys. It looked like he was blitzing more, maybe not so much Brandon Jones, um, you know, our, our blitz boy off the edge, but I, we saw a lot more blitzes from David Long. I saw him coming in on the side, Cater Kohu a little bit there. So um, how he implements these different pieces as the Dolphins get healthy will definitely be interesting. Have written down 80 total passing yards for the Jets offense. How, how amazing is that? And then uh, 23 total rushing yards. So, I mean, uh, when you can hold the team to a little bit, under what 110 yards total offense i mean um you're probably gonna win that game did you see how many yards the jets had in the first half was that the stat that came at one point it was like negative one yard passing or something was that um what was the total in the first half first half ended with four a whopping oh four God. yeah the lowest i was just dying because yeah there were stats it was like passing yards negative four lowest since what 2015 which is actually kind of impressive that Five first half sacks, and, and it had that everybody gets a sack type feel because you had a bunch of guys here getting a half a sack. Duke Riley, Christian Wilkins, Emmanuel Agba, and Andrew Van Ginkle doing the most Andrew Van Ginkle thing on the, the face of the entire universe. This dude wears a helmet for 60 minutes, and in the first quarter of this 60-minute football game, he breaks his nose, continues playing, and balls out. I mean, that just... The biggest non-story of all time is Andrew Van Ginkle just breaking his nose and just going about business like it's nothing. Yeah, four four total tackles, a half sack, a pass breakup, and two quarterback hits, and that was most likely most of that was with a broken nose. I mean, it's just phenomenal. And, I mean, again, it goes just to I, – I don't want to say the culture that they're building here, but it just seems like these players want to play for each other, don't want to let one another down. So, you know, you break your nose and – 
I mean, I'm sure that was very discomforting throughout the entire game, you no know, trying to breathe and things like that. But you wouldn't have known watching Andrew Van Ginkle out there. I mean, absolutely relentless. The defensive line starting to come along. Um, still waiting to see. I mean, obviously, we weren't going to see Ingram out there this week, but maybe JPP at some point, Ingram getting them involved out there. I mean, the defensive line's going to get better. The secondary is going to get better. And um, again, this wasn't, the, uh, you know, a world. Uh, this wasn't a world worldly team like uh, you know it wasn't New York Jets. They were they did start Zach Wilson. Wilson they did end up having to bring in Trevor Simeon, but um, we saw what they did the week prior and late in that game. You know they looked confident on offense and again that defense um, is borderline elite. So for the Dolphins to go out there and have a complete team effort, thirty point beatdown, um, it feels good, man. It feels so much different than how we were feeling last week at this time. Um, complete one eighty, and this is exactly what you want now. We need what one game over these next three weeks. I mean they're setting themselves up to do something. And um, we're proven to not be that so Dolphins like we might have thought last week. They got a kind of cool checklist going here where you win the next game, you clinch a playoff spot. You win the next two games, you clinch the AFC East. You win the next three games and you are the number one seed in the AFC playoff picture. So you got some nice fun stepping stones here. This is Miami's third 30-point win of the season. I think it was the Miami Dolphins who dropped that nugget. It's just, yeah. You're facing a divisional rival, a team you already played earlier this year, a team that you won, you already dropped 30 points on. And to do it again, a well-rounded team performance, so many guys missing, man. You just have to be so happy with this defense. But, Josh, I've got you to go about the defense here for about 10 minutes. Let's talk about it, man. Tua Tungavailoa and this offense put on an absolute show. Little queasy at first. I was so ready to march into Hard Rock and win 20 to nothing. It might look ugly. It might look sloppy. But, man, very clean performance from this offense, despite no Tyree Kill. Yeah, it really was. And we saw, you know, Mike McDaniel not get away from the run game throughout this one, as, you know, maybe, you know, Mostert wasn't averaging much per carry, but it still ended up working out. We saw Tua Tumbaloa again. What, 21 to 24, 224 yards, one touchdown. He was sacked three times with, you know, again, a makeshift offensive line. So he didn't turn the ball over, which we all, you know, that's what you want to see. Got his ball out on time. You know, he's making some impressive throws, but didn't turn the ball over. And I think if, you know, a lot of the narrative was about him being a game manager, right, heading into this game. And, I mean, I don't know that necessarily – I don't think he's a game manager. You know, I think he's – you know, another tier or two above that, but these stats, right. The way this game went about, isn't really going to change that narrative surrounding him, right? 21 to 24, 224 yards, a touchdown, you know, played well enough, didn't turn the ball over. But besides that huge play to Jalen Waddle, which was an absolute beauty. I mean, you might you sit there and look at that next gen chart and you can already see people, you know, taking, putting down what Tua did, right. You know, saying that he didn't go out there and have this great performance when he went out there and did everything that you needed to do against the Jets. So again, perfect bounce back game. Want to see that offense hit that next tier that we've seen in weeks past, but um, we got Moser's two tutties. Jalen Waddle starting to look explosive as ever. Still would like to see somebody else come up and be that third target. Um, I do have to laugh though. on that uh, Jalen Waddle touchdown, it did look like the safety once again, bit down and came to cover Robbie chosen, leaving uh, Jalen Waddle in one-on-one coverage. So he might not be able to line up on side, but he can sure, uh, you know, take a safety out of the play and, and open things up. So great performance by the offense. Love the way they continue to run the football late, like I mentioned. And they're going to be getting Chris Brooks back soon. So maybe they're going to see a lot more of that uh, running game. Four-headed monster maybe, Jake? We got a four-headed monster in that backfield? I just want to clarify, we have officially in the official Another Dolphins podcast stat book have given Robbie Chosen his second offensive touchdown assist of the season. Confirmed? Yeah. I think um, 
I wish I was I'm trying to think of what those moments are. Remember they had those like digital things that everyone was going crazy about the NFTs, like the digital yep. play. They would show Robbie chosen's play of the year and it's him just uh the safety come down to cover him. <laughs> does nothing, does nothing, but you just see him like look like he does I don't even think he looked like he was like he knew the ball wasn't coming to him, but you just see him like raise his hand just like Robbie chosen, decoy master. Can you, you can you like can you po- <laughs> one yes? Dude, you what, should post stat video do a cut up and try to and, no dude, co- post both of those assists the one against denver and this one in different videos and try to sell them off as these like virtual moments robbie chosen <laughs> robbie chosen double cover something about that to a stat chart and, and something you really had to think about here Jalen Waddle was targeted nine times. He had eight receptions for 142 yards. That's 17.8 yards per reception. That's where he was last year when he led the league in yards per reception. That's not like a game manager, like uh, check down merchant type number. But then you think, Josh, you look at the rest of the pass chart. Well, who is, who's Tua throwing the ball to? Like, who are these guys that are going to make these, help Tua make these monster plays? Like, he's not just going to throw open wide receiver three who's running wide open for a 60-yard touchdown. I mean, you had a great game from Durham Smythe. He caught four receptions for four targets. That's a total of 32 yards. Like, that's a Durham Smythe game. Like, those are the things you got to keep in mind when people want to talk about the passing charts. Like, who are you throwing the ball to? I mean, I still can't believe Braxton Berrios somehow gets targeted once a game. Somehow it's the biggest third-down conversion in the entire drive. It's been like that for four straight weeks. That could be another fun cut-up of just every single solo Braxton Barrows catch and how important those things are. But, I mean, Chase Claypool, two targets and two receptions for eight yards. I mean, you don't have the biggest game-breakers here. I mean, when you're facing a team like the Jets, you just kind of want to keep the sticks moving. You're not just going to, you know, keg-stand it on third down and try to get 20 yards every time. Yeah, I I just laugh. I mean, I'm so glad I come so far, you know, from my old Twitter days where I'd be seeing all these people bashing this passing chart, you know, yeah, the thirty nothing win, and you know, trying to pick pick something at it. It's just it's just ridiculous, but it is what it is. You know, if you didn't like to do the below, you're always gonna try to put him down. Again, I thought he played well. That throw to uh, Jalen Waddle, that touchdown, it looks so much like that one he had in college for the national championship, where he kind of like looks right, just holds the safety a second, and hits him over the top. But you're right, you're naming receivers, and you know Braxton Barrios, you mentioned amazing catch, but he's not out there throwing into you know true world beaters. I do like the way they got H N involved a little bit again in the passing game, um, mm-hmm. but yeah. It, they, they tried to keep everything in front of them. And other than one big play, I think they did a well enough job, but it wasn't good enough when you have two, uh, you know, picking up those critical third downs. And you mentioned Smythe. I think today Mike McDaniel came out and just, you know, gushed about how his role, whether it's pass protection, the run game, making critical first down catches. Um, they love everything they're getting out there in Smythe. So not the fanciest or shiniest names, but they went out there and they put it, put a 30 nothing beat down on the Jets. And um, that's all we wanted from, right, Jake? There's so many players you can trust, and we kind of wanted in like a weird way to see that 2021 Tua. I mean, I saw on a third down, it was third and seven, where he knew right away that he was going to have Jalen Waddle to move the sticks. And man, I really felt like this was watching that beautiful Brian Flores offense that we got the honor of watching for a couple of years, where it was Jalen Waddle and everyone else, and Tua just making it work. Uh, there wasn't a lot of pressure. We saw a couple jujitsu moves, and Despite of all of Miami's injuries, man, we got to give Tua so much credit. I mean, week 15, he's made it all. He hasn't scared us once. He's looked impressive as hell. I mean, the jiu-jitsu's paying off. I, I mean, I'm, I'm knocking on wood here, but 
this dude deserves so much credit for just everything he's done to keep himself available to be this team's quarterback and to have a performance like this and know that, hey, you got to throw the 20 ball 24 times will win 30 to nothing. I mean, we just saw the Bills absolutely demolish the Cowboys and Josh Allen threw the ball 15 times. He was seven for 15. And, and we're mad. People are mad about 21 for 24. That, that it's just kind of bananas, the type of arguments you want to have. Again, I, I we can compare quarterbacks, yada, yada. But, I mean, when you see the Dolphins do that and when you see them go into a game knowing you don't have Tyree Kill, knowing you're without your center, and they can still put together an effective game plan. And if Tua has to look like 21 Tua, 2021 Tua, he looks really good doing it, man. I'll take 21 to 24. No interceptions. I mean, even if that's like a 17 to 10 game. It is what it is. You win. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, again, it's just crazy the way that uh, people look at him. And, I mean, we've been around long enough. We've seen Super Bowls where teams have gone to the Super Bowl with these defenses. I'm thinking about the Baltimore Ravens. I think they had Trent Dilfer at quarterback. And, I mean, he wasn't doing anything. I mean, he was a legit game manager and they had awesome defense. Not saying Dolphins have that type of defense, but um, it's close, right? Close to Baltimore's maybe. And they got a much better quarterback than Trent Dilfer's game managing ass. So, um, again, a lot of people want to just, you know, put down to a without his best receiver, the guy that everyone continued to say carries him you know is the only reason to is putting up these mvp like numbers was not in the game and he went out there and did exactly what he's been doing so um to wanted this one more than anything we know based on what we've seen on hard knocks i mean he did not seem happy with his you know previous few performances went out there executed and jake i don't know if you saw but he is now 10 and 0 when starting against the patriots and jets since being drafted so that's that that's something that's insane. I know quarterback wins aren't a quarterback stat. You know, wins aren't a quarterback stat, but that's some impressive shit for sure. Speaking of impressive-ish, Joshua Houts, Raheem Mostert, he is now at 20 touchdowns on the year, a Miami Dolphins record. Um, I think one of the more impressive parts about this game is that it again proved that Mike McDaniel, it might not look pretty, it might not be simple, but he's doing what's necessary in order to win the football game. This is a Dolphins team that ran the ball 28 times. They only got 20, excuse me, 77 yards on those plays. That's 2.8 yards per carry. Mostert did get his two touchdowns. That a lot of help from Miami's defense, turning the ball over four times. Um, it's the New York Jets special at this point. Uh, but it started with Mostert, 15 carries, 42 yards. He said after the game he didn't feel like he played at his best. I think I'd agree, but what the Dolphins did – when you play a defense like the Jets, one of the best passing defenses in the league, you just play it safe. You let the game come to you. You know that the opposing offense is going to give you opportunities to make plays, especially when you can have Zach Sealer stumble and bumble all the way down to the one-yard line. But, I mean, Devon Achan, nine carries, 32 yards. That's 3.6 per clip. Jeff Wilson got in for two carries for five yards. And, you know, you mentioned Achan getting involved as a receiver. Two, three more reception so that's 12 carries i think i like where they're going with h chan having this 12 to 15 carry role probably a nice balance of receptions and carries as you mentioned man someone like chris brooks brooks is getting real close to returning yeah, it's just wild how, you know, they could sit there and almost plug and play. And, you know, they're, whether it's A-Chan out there or Raheem Mostert, they're both getting their work. But, dude, I mean, you and I were pretty, I don't want to say high on Raheem Mostert, but we were at least a little bit higher than uh, a lot of these fantasy Oh, we were blazed were. I mean, Raheem I don't, Mostert, dude. Yeah, we were blazed. I did not know that any of us thought he'd score 20 touchdowns. I don't think we thought he'd break a franchise record for touchdowns or uh, Ricky's record, which I'm trying so hard to find how many touches it was. I'll, I'll try to bring that up before the end of the pod. But he – he broke Ricky's touchdown record and the amount of uh, snaps he had in comparison was just absolutely insane. So um, again, 
didn't have the craziest average, but they continued to run the ball effectively down the stretch when they needed to. And uh, Mike McDaniel kept his finger on the gas in this one, and um, it, it worked out. So you got to love what Marie Mostert's doing. I mean, if that's just not a lesson for all of us, right? No matter how old you are, perhaps he's what thirty-one. I mean, it's not that old. But. Thirty-one. Not not compared to me though, but um, you know, no matter how old you are, you know, maybe you're still going to go out there and lead the NFL in rushing or whatever. So, um, I'm glad that Raheem Mostert's doing this. Excited for Devon H. and to you know get back into the lineup. Not really seen a lot of Jeff Wilson, but Chris Brooks, man, to bring him in in December and potentially January, I'm a little excited for that. Um, I actually saw people rocket the take out there that Raheem Mostert kind of reminded them of Jamal Williams that year with the Lions when he had, you know, nearly 20 touchdowns. Do you kind of feel like that? Because I I get it in one sense where some of these touchdowns where yesterday it was awesome that, you know, I could finish my fist pump before Mostert's even in the end zone. That's how like he could just stroll to the end. But, uh, I think he's been more than just like this guy who's been scoring touchdowns. I think he's been bigger part of that offense where I, I think it might be discrediting him to kind of give him that Jamal Williams type feel, someone who was that true goal line back. I think most it's more than that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I pulled it up quick though. Adam Beasley, uh, Raheem Mostert has 17 rush touchdowns and 187 carries. Ricky did that in 383 carries. So big difference there. And I do agree with you. I mean, I had a, uh, Jamal Williams in fantasy and you know he seemed like that guy that would just yield goal line almost a merchant right he'd get those goal line touches and score touchdowns that way Raheem Mostert I mean I, I don't feel like he's at it all right he has the big play the explosiveness um honestly he's an RB1 for the Dolphins this season he can pass protect he can do everything so definitely not fair at all to say that he's just kind of a goal line sniper right because that's kind of what I remember Williams being but um Raheem Mostert is as explosive as any player in football. I think him and Christian McCaffrey both have 20 touchdowns. And to think that both those guys would be tied right now with touchdowns in the NFL, I mean, none of us would have thought that, Jake. No way we would have said Raheem Mostert at this point of the season would have the exact same amount of touchdowns as Christian freaking McCaffrey. Moster, 18 rushing touchdowns, two receiving touchdowns through 14 games. He's eighth in the NFL in carries with 198, third in yards with 966, and he's averaging five yards per carry. That's about 95th in the league. And then, yeah, man, there were some of the... How do you feel about the Twitter doctors? Not people who just come out and, and say stuff. The people who actually are shooting their shots, they have MD in their Twitter profile, and they're just, like, launching, like, the way this guy landed, I'm so ready to say it's this, they're going to be out this long, and they have, like, these charts, and, like, it's, it's a lot that they throw into these um Twitter reports, I'll call them. Yeah, I I don't I don't really have anything nice to say. I mean, I understand where they're coming from, right? I think a lot of it might have to do with fantasy football, and they're trying to you know get these things out there for fantasy owners and things like that, or just to be the first to um, you know critique this injury or whatever. But yeah, man, it's insane because you I mean you see it every week, right? They're sitting there slow moan like an injury, and they have no idea. They're just absolutely guessing. So I'm not a big fan of it. But um, what what they do in this one? What were you getting ready to say? What about these Twitter doctors? What are they saying? They said Achan had turf toe. At the end of the Washington game, right? He was he didn't practice throughout the week. I think he was he was limited by the end of the week. And and turf toe, like it's one of those things. It's a lot worse than it sounds, but it's like a two to four week. It's basically like a sprained toe. But I mean, I thought he looked pretty good out there on Sunday. I think that was kind of what I was getting at. And you think about the fact this was a team that um, they elevated Darrington Evans for this game. Um, I think he had two carries a couple weeks ago. He fumbled had a fumbled snap with Tua. And we didn't see much of him after, but when they elevated him up for the game, I was kind of surprised that Achan was not only active, but he got his 
I don't want to say full workload, but a decent workload and, and looks solid. Yeah, no, that's surprising. I didn't hear them talking about the turf toe, and then my almost my head exploded because he was on the injury report this week for a toe injury, right? So I was like, oh man, maybe these guys actually know what they're talking about. But I did not see, you know, he did not look like he was um, hindered or anything like that. It looked like the same Devon Achan, right? And um, for Darrington Evans to get called up, that is a little bit of a surprise. And I, I just don't know what's up with Jeff Wilson. I think he's still what signed through next season. I think we talked about all year long about how he's making more than Raheem Mostert. I don't know what their plan is with Jeff Wilson unless it is, you know, maybe they're trying to keep that one guy breaking case, case of emergency for the playoffs, but um, whatever it is, man, this rushing attack has been everything we had hoped for everything we wanted to see when we signed Mike McDaniel. And um, you got to also give the offensive line credit for all that, right? Austin Jackson stepped up. We saw Liam Eikenberg. He, he battled through this one. Um, it, Teron Armstead was out there finally. So we're starting to get healthy. You're starting to see some good things, but we just got to keep our foot on the gas, man. We we got to come away with a playoff appearance. That's what we need, right? I just I just need to see that 100% clinch playoff, and the rest of my life will be okay. Right, 99. For now. For now. Yeah, I know. They've been, though. Did, um, did you, was, I want to make sure I got this right. Um, Austin Jackson, he left late in the game with an oblique injury, right? The same oblique injury he's been yes. dealing with. Um. McDaniel said, said it was not bad as bad as. Okay, you say it. You got nailed it. it. Go ahead. Go ahead. You got this. I, I just, I just, yeah. We we both. Got it. He just said it wasn't as bad as Jalen Phillips, which kept him out what three to four games, I think. So hopefully we get Austin Jackson back. Hopefully there were just you know precautionary measures there, but um, someone else will step up, I guess, if they have to. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought the offensive line played well. It was nice to see him Lee, see Liam Eikenberg out there, and he's growing a pretty solid beard. So I mean, he's turning into an offensive lineman more and more each game. Um, McDaniel wouldn't rule out Robert Hunt, so that is good to see. Um, I think we have to wait until Week 18 for Jerome Baker to come back. Do, did we hear anything like Javon Holland, Deshaun Elliott, any other injuries here before we uh, wrap up? I don't. I don't think there was anything else to do. I think Holland; those guys were close. I mean, Terry Kill was out there pregame. It looked like he was close to going, and uh, yeah, just kind of decided to punt with him. Yeah, yeah, no, I think you nailed everything. I think was it Javon Holland? Does he have like the two MCLs or something? There's something there yeah, that sprained, might be two uh, M- sprained you know, MCLs. At least to me, not being a Twitter doctor, it seemed more severe than maybe it, you know they were letting up to believe. But it, whoever, I think we'll see those guys out there. Hope we see them out there. Xavier Howard too, because um, secondary definitely looks different with those guys out there. Yeah, Drew Rosenhaus. Uh, he was he does like a weekly show. I, I didn't even see what it was on. I'm sorry. Um, he kind of said that he was working with Tua or Tyree throughout the week, kind of seeing if he'd be able to go. He did get an MIR, MRI. Wow, I'm a mess. Sorry, it's a long Monday. Um, and then the quote I took away from it, he said, they put the team ahead of the individual goals by deciding to not go out there, basically saying, hey, if Tyree goes out there, he might not be 100%, but he'd still be so featured in the offense where it might put them a little behind, maybe just a drop because he's thinking about the ankle or whatever it may be. So nothing too, too surprising there. Hopefully he's back out there. But man, as we just saw on Sunday, two of the, the Dolphins have the hardest remaining schedule in the NFL. But you look at Baltimore, you look at Dallas, man. The one type of team that neither Dallas or Baltimore wants to play features a run game coordinator as their head coach. I'll tell you that right now when you start looking at either of those teams. So not trying to look too far ahead here, man, but this this win was much needed. It has me feeling pretty good entering this final little stretch here of the season. 
Yeah, and I, I think the thing I don't like is how we keep playing these teams that like are supposed to be really good, but then they like shit the bed one week and then we play them the following week, right? I mean, we, why do we got to play the Cowboys after they just got absolutely annihilated? But um, I do think the Dolphins match up well with them. We'll see if we, you know, go out there and pound the ball down their throat, whatever it might be. But um, I feel good, man. I feel a lot better than we did last week, and I'm looking forward to this for this week's hard knocks, right? And we, we can look forward and get excited to seeing this one opposed to uh, last week when it was just like, you know, just sad, sad stuff. 10, 10 wins. Dude, it felt like it was the Watchmen where I was just looking at the Doomsday Clock because I, I do the re- recaps every week on the Finsider. And I just knew I had to watch it. I'm just like, bro, this is going to be miserable because they're having such a great week of practice, yada, yada, yada. But hey, man, we're back on track. Hard Knock should be a lot of fun. A lot of turnover cakes. I'm excited to see what they'll have for um, Brandon Jones, maybe like a triple decker, quadruple decker. What's the highest cake you've ever made? How tall is cake? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't like cakes. Maybe like a, yeah, a three bake, layer sheet cake it. or something. I, I probably made a wedding cake before, but um, no, I, I don't like that bacon shit. <laughs> um, dude, <laughs> too, my too gr- uh, precise. My girlfriend made say? 13 types of cookies this weekend. 13. How many dude. of each? That's insane. How many of each? Like do- uh, dozens probably. Like two, her and her friend made like, yeah, two dozen of like 13 different types of cookies. That's it was nuts. insane. Can you do you think you could name 13 types of cookies? No. I don't think I could. Oatmeal, What's the snicker, worst type of cookie? No, I don't even want to. What's the worst cookie? I don't I don't like sugar cookie, man. <laughs> just oh, really? a plain sugar cookie. Even if it even if it has like the the icing on it, I can actually just kind of whack. That'd probably be my least favorite. What's yours? Let's hear it. Even as like a if a store bought sugar cookie, I can get that. It just tastes like it's too sweet and it's just it's like it's yeah, like a fake, that might have been what like did just, it for me. That might have been what did it for me. Those ones, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Just way too sweet and disgusting. See, I'm a I'm a fat kid. Um oatmeal raisin cookies are the worst because one, oatmeal oh, raisin is terrible. No. But two, because oh. every time you grab an oatmeal raisin cookie, like I do this when um I, I was in college, you know, you they have like the homemade cookies and they're just wrapped in plastic wrap. You grab one, you're like, hell yeah, I got a chocolate chip cookie. You're not really paying attention. You take one bite, and that first like realization of like this is a raisin in my mouth is the worst. So yeah, no oatmeal raisin. Yeah. There, it's a false flag operation. Stay away from them. Yep, we're gonna disagree on that one. Um, but I'm also older. I'm 36. So oatmeal is just part of my everyday life. You probably like fig newtons, dude. <laughs> oatmeal, oatmeal craisin, oatmeal craisin. I think they're white, oh. white chocolate oatmeal. I don't know. Either way, yeah. no Ooh. fig newton. Fig newtons are good. I don't eat them. Will like I'm not. Go storm by fake news, are for babies or old men without teeth. Nobody in between. <laughs> I don't know. I'll drink them with my prune juice later. <laughs> that is it. That is all the time we have today on another Dolphins podcast. Thank you so much for listening to our week 15 recap. We'll be back in a couple days with Merrick, but until then, it's-